Hey folks, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Happy Sunday. We're getting, what, like four weeks to the season. I'm back from my uh, extended break, extended holiday. Thanks to all the lads for keeping everything going while I was doing it. And a very busy four weeks. Uh, Shawnee Shea kept Brian happy and delighted to have Chris Ballard on this week. Uh, but first off, we are delighted to welcome NFL Insider, host of the Pull Up Pod, host of the Boardroom Podcast, host of the Game Day NFL, Jordan Schultz. Jordan, um, a very, very warm welcome to the show, man. It's great to be here, guys. Uh, kind of a new fan last few months, diving into your stuff. I love what you do, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Really appreciate the support, Jordan, especially at a busy time of, well, there's always a busy time of the year, but this yeah, is true. an even that's busier true. time of the year. Um, have you ever had a chance to come to Ireland, man? I've never been to Ireland. Um, I really, really want to. Um, always kind of been a Celtic fan because I, Grew up watching Celtic Rangers. Um, who, who's your squad? Go for it, Colin. We're, we're all uh, Man United fans. Uh, Man United? The, yeah, the, 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 three, the three of us are. Um, I love that. Yeah. We I love the Premier League, though. I love we the love, Premier League. We love the Glazers, as you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, but I love, I love Ireland from everything I've read. I love a good pint. Love Guinness, and uh, certainly when I come there, I'll certainly let you guys know. How about that? That that sounds fantastic. We would uh, definitely be on for uh, you know taking you taking you out on, on the town in in Dublin and uh, introducing you some uh, to some of the fine establishments that this uh, city has to has to offer. Um, I suppose, look, on a kind of a, a, an Ireland tangent in terms of the the Steelers, uh, you know, uh, the Rooney, the Rooney's, that's an Irish, that's an Irish connection. Sure, we, were, sure. we, we were joking about that with Chris Ballard because he grew up a, a Steelers fan. But look, you said all summer long that Deontay Johnson will get paid and, and that has been been the case. But even though, you know, we are thousands of miles from Pittsburgh, we hear the stories about um, the, the QB situation at, at camp and what's been going on there about, you know, um, the struggles I suppose people are having. And then there was some talk for a little while about Mason Rudolph. But as we sit here today, would it be fair to say that it's probably likely to be uh, Mitch T? Mitch T yeah. will be. What, what are your expectations for that offense? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot that goes into how we how we can look at that offense. I, when it comes down to Trubisky, um, he's someone that they targeted. They've always liked. They liked him coming out. He was coming out of North Carolina. Obviously, things didn't really work out in Chicago. Um, and you know, he was he played very few snaps last year behind Josh Allen. But that was someone that they liked. They targeted. They got him. And he was always – he always, when they signed him, I think the goal was always we'd love for this guy to beat out Rudolph to be our starter. And, you know, they go out and draft Kenny Pickett, the hometown kid, who obviously they have high aspirations for. But in terms of this season, it's my understanding that that job is really Trubisky's to lose at this point. I think it would have to be – he'd have to play pretty poorly in the preseason um, to, to not get the job. Uh, in terms of Deontay Johnson – they, they view him as a number one guy. Uh, he's 26 and tremendous amount of targets. But also, there's a lot of expectations, I think, with that offense that they can put together a top 10 and certainly upper echelon type of offense because it's going to be catered toward the run. We know the work that Harris got last year. We know how special of a player he is. 
but they've also addressed some needs. They bring in Levi Wallace. They bring back Edmonds. I know that wasn't sexy, but these are all good moves. And obviously having Omar Khan there is a, is a whole new, that was a whole new deal. Um, and I think when it comes down to that offense and some of the expectations with Claypool, the offensive line ha- having to protect Mitch. But I, I do think the team, I've said this, I think Pittsburgh is going to surprise some people. That's a brutal division in the AFC North, but I do think they'll be very competitive. And I think the defense will be very solid. The offense to me, if Trubisky is protected, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And that's why I think they, they have an opportunity to win nine, 10 games. Jordan, I suppose one common team every every offseason or every training camp is the number of season-ending season injuries we get in training camp brutal. before we've even started the season. Brutal. It's brutal. We saw it last year with J.K. Dobbins and Akers for Rams. He came back in the playoffs. And this week alone, we've seen two or three players go down. Last year, the Eagles took an unusual move for what we're used to, but it was more so around trying to keep players fresh. They reduced the number of training camp days to try to keep players fresh towards the back end of the season. But do you see a scenario where <clears throat> at some stage the teams are going to start considering reducing their training camps or potentially the league reviewing if training camps in terms of the enormity of how long it goes on for should be yeah. scaled? Slightly? Yeah. I, yeah. The, the three preseason games was a big step. I know a lot of teams are excited about that or maybe not excited. I, they're, they're relieved. It's a, that's a good move. That feels like the right number asking around the league. Three feels like the right number. They've now done the helmets, these soft helmets, uh, less hitting. Um, teams have gotten, the league has gotten much smarter in regard to training. Uh, you know, you go back 20 years even, training camp was a hit, a hit fest. It was just all about hitting. And, and now a lot of the time is spent off the field in the film room um, and really understanding how to take care of your body. So to answer your question, um, I think we're trending and we have been trending toward less practices, less hitting. Um, you know, the preseason games in many ways have been eclipsed by these joint practices. Even though you have three preseason games, in many ways, the joint practices, because it's scripted, have uh, even even more of an important role, especially for those guys on the outer, head, outer edges of the roster. So I, I don't know if we'll ever see – as few as two preseason games, but I think we we are trending toward potentially less practices or less time on the practice field because every few years it seems like it gets reduced, you know, and the Eagles are a team that is ahead of the curve in that respect. Yeah, it's funny over here because like in soccer or in football over here, it's it's not massive, but the preseason, there's more games than it is seen a lot of games, maybe yeah. more seriously as well. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. One of the big stories this week, Jordan, was the the whole thing in Chicago with Racon Smith. The guy hasn't got an agent, Ryan Poles. As it stands, as of the time we're recording, knowing our luck, he's probably been traded at this point. Um, do, do you think the Bears have treated them well here. You know, it's very similar to Lamar. Lamar is no agent and we're probably going to see this act itself out over the next 12 months in, in some way or another, hopefully not for Ravens fans. But do you think Raquan's must be treated well in Chicago? No, oh, it's such a shame. He's one of the best linebackers in the league. He's 27. Um, you know, a lot of what he's saying is legitimate. And you're right. He doesn't have an agent, which hasn't really been reported a lot. Um I don't know if teams look at that negatively, but it changes the way that some of these deals get worked on. Uh, I don't, he doesn't really have a lot of leverage. The, the unfortunate part is he really has two options. He can play out, continue to play, play out his contract, or, or he can decide I'm going to sit out, but then he, he'll lose a tremendous amount of money. Um, and 
you know, he's he's a big time player. And it, it the, the the really unfortunate part is Matt Eberflus is a guy that is a defensive coach, and he's always had that kind of linebacker. You go back to um, well, now it's Shaq Leonard, but Darius Leonard was a huge part of his success at Indianapolis as a defense. He wants that that tempo linebacker, and that's what Roquan is. I mean, I think he's one of the best best backers in the league. He, he can play often on the ball. So I, I don't really think they treated him particularly well. But in this case, <clears throat> the Bears have a lot of the leverage, and they're exercising that. So the long-term solution, <clears throat> I don't really see him getting traded. I mean, you could think about a couple different teams in there. I mean, I, I know the Chargers have been thrown out because of Brandon Staley, but you know, they're working on the, on the Derwin James deal right now. I, I don't see him getting traded. And that's, that's what I, I would probably say is just, it's probably going to have to play out organically in Chicago. Jordan, one of the, I suppose, the teams that gets a lot of focus over here is the New England Patriots, uh, given the, the strong connections and then the success that they had. This summer, we've certainly heard, you know, some kind of um, qu some questions, some issues around the offense there, and obviously losing your longtime offensive coordinator. No coordinator. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and kind of not not naming, um, you know, a, a a guy. It would seem that it's Matt Patricia um, who's going to be, but we're we're not entirely sure. It seems to be a little bit of a kind of everything's a little bit in flux, but. We, we've been here before with the Patriots and, and, and they've sorted it out. Will they get it figured out in, in time this year again? So uh, that depends on – you mentioned the Patriots get a lot of love in Ireland. Is that because of the history of the franchise and Tom Brady – uh, Bill Belichick is just a combination of everything. It, it's a kind of a combination of obviously you got Boston and, and Ireland has a strong sure, connection sure. and then sure. uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady uh, had certainly played a, a big role in that. Yeah. So I would say, I would say uh, it's interesting that Belichick has spoken so highly about Mac Jones. We don't, even with Brady, he didn't talk like this, you know, he's in better shape and his understanding and, um, it's, I don't know if to buy into it. I know Mac Jones had a really solid rookie year. Um, I don't see their offense changing a whole lot, even without Josh McDaniels, because of the personnel. And now they have – they went out and got Devontae Parker. That'll help. Um, you know, I like the running backs, but, you know, Harrison Stevenson. But, you know, it's still going to be a pretty measured, deliberate offense. And I think they'll have success. I think they'll be a good team. But I don't think you're going to see Mac Jones – getting totally unleashed, maybe a little bit more. You'll see him because he did have a lot of success when he had the opportunity to throw the ball down the field. But I don't think this offense is going to look that much different. I still think, you know, even with Josh there, it was Bill Ship, you know, and now they're calling Mac Jones baby goat. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of praise. And I like Mac Jones and he certainly surprised me, but um, I think the offense will be successful. I think it'll look relatively similar to how we've seen it look or how we saw it look last year. Jordan, another team that has quite a significant support here would be the Jets. And, uh, you know, this, I suppose there's quite optimism, you know, in terms of where they're going, the direction of the head coach and the GM, they seem to be very yeah. aligned. And But one frustration throughout the offseason has been McCoy Becton, and he didn't show up to any of the voluntary camps in April. There's been this weight issue. And for a guy that's really only in the league two years, I mean, he, there was four offensive line gone in the top 15 2020 draft. He was one of them. There was a lot expected of him. Yeah. He's obviously gone for the season which is another hammer blow. Is his time coming to an end there, unfortunately, because it's just been such a difficult period for him and 
Now yeah, all the so, submissions come. It's so unfortunate because they when they drafted him out of Louisville in the first round, they drafted him to be a pillar for them. You know, I, I just I can't stress enough how highly rated he was coming out of that draft. There, there were so many, there were a lot of teams really liked him. Big athlete, uh, super talented guy that could pass and run block. Um, there's a, I think there's a, a real, there's a chance that, you know, he, his time is in New York is done. Um, I, I like Mikhail a lot personally. I think, I think he's got a lot to offer. Uh, he, the injury is brutal uh, with the knee and he's going to miss another year. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of right now. There's, it's not like they would ever, they can't trade him right now. Uh, you, you could see in a year him being released. You could see that to me, if I'm Robert Salah and, and Joe Douglas, who didn't draft him, um, I would love to try to find a way to salvage it because sorry about that boys. I would love to try to, way to try to find a way to salvage it because this was a really high pick. If you look at, what this team needs to be successful. You're building this super talented offense. Uh, you have all these young playmakers and, you know, to protect Zach Wilson is, is obviously paramount. And you would like to think that when healthy or if he can get healthy, Becton would be a big part of that. So I think it's a little early to say, Oh, he, he won't be there next year, but uh, it's certainly possible. And you're right. It's, it's super disappointing. It's super disappointing for the kid, for the franchise, for the fans, because, you know, if you play this out 10 times, you know, you know, five of those times he would have been one of the best young players in the league at that position. So I'm, I'm sad for him. Obviously one of the big stories in the off season so far in Tampa, Jordan was the whole thing with Julio Jones. And this is before we get to the pre or post Halloween return of Gronkowski, which is inevitable in my opinion. Um, you sort of said about how Jones could make the Bucks maybe more effective in the red zone. Do you yeah. see him as a forefront in this offense uh, or more of a compliment to Chris Godwin and Russell Gage? It sounds so weird to say that Julio's a complimentary guy. Uh, I think he's one of the best five to 10 players, best uh, wide receivers ever. Um, I think he, from my understanding, guys, is that he is he's open to being a complimentary player. And when you have Julio at 33 with his pedigree, who's going to say, I'm okay not being the one or the two, I think that's a, that's a great thing. So what they're going to do, I, my understanding is they're going to deploy Julio a lot like they did with Gronk. And I've talked about this, you know, it's not going to be Julio running these deep, you know, down the field routes necessarily. It's going to be a lot of crossings, drags, screens, and using him as a real weapon inside the 20s. Now, we saw Russell Gage go down today. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, they've obviously invested a lot at that position. You know, uh, uh, a Tyler Johnson, uh, a Darden. So there's a lot of money they put into that position. I think Julio, though, is going to be uh, – I think he'll be very important to them without being one of their top two leading receivers. I think we're we're into our final round, Jordan. I'm just uh, a couple of quick ones, I suppose, for me. Just Please, like maybe yeah, no problem. Some QB uh, kind of situation. So reports coming out today that that Baker is really begun, obviously, to to pull ahead of Sam Darnold. Which, yeah, you knew uh, that was think, coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think everybody knew that was coming. Do you think um, the the Panthers hang on to to Darnold, or or did they try to to find him a home elsewhere? No, I think they hang on to him uh, right now because there's there's not a lot of value. Uh, ultimately, the goal to me, if you're Carolina, is uh, try to – Baker's 27. 
We're barely paying him anything. Let's try to have him be the guy while also developing uh, Corral, the rookie out of Ole Miss. You know, that that's the perfect – that's that's what we want. What I think will happen is they'll keep Darnold for a while um, and then maybe, you know, midway through the season when a team needs a quarterback, then you can see him getting dealt. Uh, I don't think he gets traded before the season. And I always – I always thought that, um, like, I was never a big Darnold guy, but you understood why Carolina went out and got him. Pretty reduced price, young quarterback. It's kind of a similar situation with Mayfield. Really high pick, number one pick, who you're not paying a lot of money. It's kind of a you, – your franchise, your, your, your roster is in a little bit of a rebuilding, and, and let's see if we can build around this guy. But I don't see Darnold getting moved right now. I do want to go back to the point about Rob, because I I, glass, I glossed over that. You know uh, – I'm curious, you mentioned that Tampa's being talked about a lot. Do you, would you say, let's say the average NFL fan in Ireland, what's the percentage of people that would say Rob's coming back this season? I love how everyone's unmuted here. I, I would go back to the point about the Patriots and I would jump on the fact that I think a lot of people are Patriots fans here because of the bandwagon. And I would echo that for the Bucks. There's a lot of Bucks fans, but I think a lot of them are maybe, maybe Brian, do you, do, you agree, do, you, do you agree with that there? Uh, yeah, particularly on the Patriots underground situation, I genuinely do think he's done this time. I think we've seen this. We've been down this road before, but I think that's 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 true. Yeah, this time you know, it seems different. It seems yeah. different this time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you saw. I was fortunate enough to to help him, uh, you know, break that news. And and we talked beforehand. And I asked him, you know, are you sure? <laughs> and I, I think he's super content. He's got a lot of stuff going on outside of football. But I will say, if Tom Brady calls you week nine and says, I, I need you, it's tough to say no. I, I'm going to say it, it's probably 66% because I'm with, I'm with Michael. I, I think we, we might get, I think it might be a little bit later. I think we might get towards Christmas and, 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 and the Bucks yeah. are, are looking good and there's a playoff run coming up. And, and, and it's, you know, just come, just come back for January, February, Rob. It's a six-week thing. We'll win another ring. Yeah. You know? uh, I, okay. I, I, I would also put in there, it depends how well uh, Mason Rudolph does down there. Like He's gone down there and there's no expectation for him because he had a poor year with the Giants last year. Um, he wasn't really utilized properly. Oh, Kyle, but, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, sorry, Kyle Rudolph. Sorry, not Mason Rudolph. So Kyle, yeah. yeah it wasn't, he wasn't used a lot, no. Yeah, so no. he wasn't utilized properly last year. So we don't really know where he is. You know, is it going to be the guy yeah. that we saw in Minnesota or is it going to be the guy we saw last year? So he yeah. could be he could be an interesting piece of that offense as well. Jordan, just a, a, fi- a final quick one from, from me and, and the guys might have, have follow us, but I'm just interested in your take on um, the Seahawks. So they're running a competition. Um, and as a Broncos fan, I saw the Broncos run competitions between Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon oh. and Joe Flacco Osweiler. and Drew Locke and uh, Brock Osweiler and, and Case Keenum and so on and so forth. But Pete Carroll and his 70 years of experience have decided a, a competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Gino, um, you know, is is seems to be getting the nod. He where, where he he's been with the ones mainly, and he's going to get the nod to, to go um, this week this weekend um, as we sit here recording. Now, do you what are your I think, thoughts I think on that Gino. competition? I think it's Gino. I mean, I, I actually talked to him a couple of days ago, just asking him how he's doing, and obviously he certainly wants to be the guy and believes he is. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I should preface this. I'm not really, I never really understood the Drew Locke hype because at one point he was pretty hyped. I will say that when he came out of Missouri, I know Seattle liked him a lot. Um, You know, I mentioned Trubisky, how Pittsburgh liked him. Seattle liked Drew Locke. A lot of teams liked Drew Locke. Um, But I think 
given the fact that Gino's been there several years now, he started uh, several games last year, played relatively well. Um, I think it's his job to lose. And I would be surprised if week one against Denver, it's not him. Jordan, by the time this show goes out, all the first round of preseason games will have been played. And year in, year out, it's usually around the rookie quarterbacks and everybody has the focus on them. But obviously with the draft this year being so unusual in the sense that there was only one selected in the first round, what particular players are you looking forward to seeing? What, what rookie players are you looking forward to seeing throughout the course of preseason? Uh, I, I love this class. Um, so let me start. The receivers, Sky Moore at Kansas City. I've been saying this for months. They, Kansas City loved this guy. They, they were thrilled to get him. For those who haven't seen him, he comes from a small school, the MAC which also produced Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman. It's a good conference. Uh, he's special, man. He's not big, but he plays big. He's not a 4-2 guy, but he plays fast, almost like a 4-2 guy. He, you know, obviously, McCall Hardman's there. I think Sky Moore is going to eclipse him right away. Uh, MBS is there, and obviously they bring in Juju. But Sky Moore is that guy that can go lateral, you know, kind of like Tyreek. He's not – nobody's as fast as Tyreek, but he can play – XZNY. He's a really good player. I also love Romeo Dobbs at, at Green Bay. Everyone I've talked to with the Packers has said since day one, this guy is super special. You know, Christian Watson physically is unbelievable. Um, and I think he's going to be a hell of a player. But Romeo Dobbs is, has, because he went to Nevada, he was a mid round pick, wasn't talked a lot, uh, doesn't talked about a lot. He's, he's going to be a hell of a player. He's got the physical tools, always played well against the big schools. Uh, love him. Uh, running back, Brees Hall. I mean, this guy was a 4-3 guy with power. He got that kind of Le'Veon Bell's patience. And then Kenneth Walker, Michigan State, Seattle. You know, obviously Carson retires, so it's really the Kenneth Walker, um, Rashad Penny show. And I'm excited to see him. He's like – he was one of the fastest guys in the draft and had one great year, dominated. They love him. Pete Carroll loves him. And speaking of Seattle, I'm going to give you a name that nobody's talking about. Tariq Woolen, Tariq Woolen, cornerback, almost 6'4", 45-plus-inch vertical, UTSA, mid-round pick. Seattle could not believe they got this guy. I don't know if he's like a day-one contributor, but he fits that mold of, you know, the Richard Sherman, these long corners that Seattle has had great success with. Cam Chancellor, a big safety and cover. I'm telling you, Tariq Woolen's going to be a star. So those are some names that I'm really excited about. I have to ask you, because I'm a Giants fan, and all I keep reading about is how great uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is looking in, in camp. And, and he looks all, good. All Giants fans are trying to manage their expectations at the moment, but uh, we, they're suggesting we might have the next Michael Strahan. Huh? I tell you what, if Kayvon Thibodeau is half as good as everyone hopes, he'll be, he will be Michael Strahan. The guy is, he's so gifted. And, uh, he, you know, if you go back, he was the number one player in, in the country coming out of high school. Um, it was unbelievable at Oregon, but people said he's had other interests. I, I think he's the real deal. And the reason I say that is because the same guys at U of O who told me Justin Herbert was a star told me this guy's a star, you know, similarly, you know, he's got other interests. He's not the best leader. People say that it's all nonsense. He's an absolute baller. So I'm excited about him. Evan Neal, I think is a day one guy. I know they're really excited about Andrew Thomas. You know, he had, he had a really good second half. Now you get a pillar on each side of the line. Um, and then the other who was, Oh, Jermaine Johnson, also in New York, the jets, um, obviously sauce got a lot of hype, Garrett Wilson. I love both those guys, but Jermaine Johnson, who, you know, I talked to some executives, had him as a top 10 guy. He goes into the first round. 
Um, I think him and Thibodeau both could be looking at eight to 10 sacks as rookies. Jordan, this is, as, as we say in Ireland, this has been great crack. I've really enjoyed your insight and what you're saying about certain Thank players you. and teams. And I have one more thing to ask you and we'll yeah. end this. Give us one bold prediction. It's gonna, I mean, we're, we're weeks out okay, here. Okay, my bold prediction, you know what? Actually, I I have a few, but the, the one that I really, I think Lamar Jackson's going to be, he's my dark horse MVP. I, I, I don't, I, that's pretty bold, right? It seems like nobody's talking about the Ravens. Nobody's really talking about Lamar. Um, but I think he's going to have a huge year. I think Bateman's going to have a big year. The kid that got out of Iowa in the first round, Linderbaum, best center in the draft, make a huge difference. That was a big problem for them last year. Um, I like the Ravens a lot. I think they could make a Super Bowl run. And I think Lamar Jackson, we're talking, let's just say 40, 40 total touchdowns. I don't know what the discrepancy is, but he's going to have a monster year. I, I'm, I'm excited about him. I know the contract is kind of hung over. Um, but I, I'm really excited about him. Let's go NFC too. Maybe something in the NFC. Uh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I like Detroit. I mean, <laughs> you know, I know Jared Goff is not like the greatest, but he's he played well enough for them. They got some room with Matt Campbell. Jameson Williams is going to be a superstar. Obviously, Hutchinson, um, Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift, and the offensive line. There's there's some stuff there. I I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're like eight wins. And you think about the NFC North, it's all it's the last several years. It's been Green Bay, Minnesota sprinkled in, and then Chicago and Detroit have been crap. I think both Chicago and Detroit are gonna be much better because because of fields and and then just the this this Campbell effect. So Dan Campbell effect. So I guess the whole NFC North I like as a whole. I think it'll be a fun division. We figured this would be entertaining before you came on. Uh, now, now we know just how, how entertaining you are. We, we definitely want to do this uh, over, over pints right. in, in Dublin. For- oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> are, there any, are there any games? There's no Ireland games this year, right? No. No, we, we have a college game. Uh, we have Northwestern Notre and Dame. Nebraska, but we, don't, we would love if, uh, you know, if Roger Goodell, if you're, if you're watching this, we would love a game in, in Dublin. And, uh, you know, whoever, whoever you want to send Even over, a scrimmage we, would be nice. we don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> preseason. We'll take a preseason Preseason game. Uh, pre-season game. Yeah. That'd be, I, I tell you what, if, if, if Ireland gets a game, I'll, I'm certainly coming. I'm coming to Ireland regardless. We'll share some points. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously – I know they've done enormously well in the U.K. I mean, I, really in, in London. But, man, it's been exciting to watch the growth of the game. And I'm so happy that, that there's a great show like yours to, to help foster the, the game for the next generation in Ireland because, uh, obviously, you know, football is, has really become king in the U.S. over the last generation. Absolutely. And for fans on this side of the Atlantic, Jordan, who want to check out your stuff, where can they do that? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm on all the socials for all the kids. Uh, TikTok, you know, I'm a little old, 36, but uh, at real Jordan Schultz, my Instagram, Jordan Schultz and Twitter Schultz underscore report. And I do, I do respond to, to, you know, messages. I got a lot of, you know, a lot of crazy people, you know, asking me, telling me how, how, how shitty I am, how ugly I am. And, and I like to chop it. So, <laughs> Good or good or bad, you know, just uh, always, always willing to talk shop. Well, you're you are a gifted storyteller, sir. It, this has been wonderfully entertaining, and we just want to thank you again for your time. Thank you, and uh, for those who don't know, I was thirty minutes late, kept these guys waiting, so I appreciate the uh, opportunity. <laughs>